What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins with my man, David Lake. David, sound the alarm. Emergency podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I woke up at 5.30 this morning to the news. Uh, I'm an old man, so I was well asleep when when the decommitment happened at, I think, around 10.30, right? So... We're doing this emergency podcast at 6.20 in the morning at Friday. And my apologies if you hear some uh, background noise. The late crew is waking up, getting ready for school. So you might hear some Frozen being played in the background. Oh, okay. Et cetera, et cetera. So. I'm trying to not talk too loud because my household is still sleeping. I've already worked out, though, um, and I've slept four hours because uh, when – the nation's number five pro style quarterback decides to decommit. You got to drop everything and start working. And we are obviously yeah. talking about Jake Garcia, the top 24 seven talent, all American um, Los Angeles native, but he's playing his senior season in the state of Georgia. Jake announced on Thursday night that he was formally opening his recruitment back up to explore his options. And as soon as that happened, Um, a ton of crystal balls have come in for Miami and that's because Miami hasn't stopped recruiting Jake Garcia over the past um, few months or really since ever uh, Rhett Lashley arrived in Coral Gables. So I find this news surprising, David, what about you? Yeah, I'll have to admit, you know, we, we had preached patience, right. During the whole process with Jake Garcia. And, And I think we made it clear, like, this kind of just was the plan Miami was sticking to. But in terms of the ability to get it done, you know, as, as the calendar turned to December, I had kind of lost uh, faith that, that Miami would be able to pull off the flip. So, you know, am I surprised in that regard? Yes. Um, But I think you and I both thought if Miami was able to get a 2021 high school quarterback recruit, it would be Jake Garcia. Um, I, I, I think back to when we went to go watch Valdosta play, right? What was that? October. And, you know, I think you and I both w- went into that. You did the interview, but we were both kind of like skeptical about whether Jake legitimately had interest in Miami. And Jake had, he said all the right things to you in the interview. But I remember you left that interview being like, well, I mean, Miami still got a ways to go, but they have a better shot than I expected. Right. You know? Right. Well, let's, let's, let's say this. All right. So Jake has opened this up. Um, you know, like I said, there's a number of crystal balls that have come in for Miami. I don't think it's like a done deal signed and delivered that Jake is going to sign with Miami um, and enroll and start in January. With that being said, I do think there's a very good chance that Miami uh, will be the landing spot and why. Um, yep. Miami's one of the only schools in the country, power five schools that doesn't currently have a quarterback committed. So Jake had all the offers a few years ago, but most of these schools, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, LSU, I mean, they already have quarterbacks committed. Miami's really the one that doesn't have an arm, you know, already in the class. And Jake's been to Coral Gables twice. Now, when he visited before, um, Rhett Lashley wasn't the offensive coordinator. Dan Enos was there, but, uh, Manny Diaz was, was still on campus. I go back to that camp 
two years ago, or was that last summer? I'm sorry, David. You know, mm-hmm. when we saw Dan Enos put Jake Garcia through a private workout, and I, I keep flashing back into my head when in mid, at midfield of the IPF, you had Jake chopping it up with Manny Diaz and, and James Williams. So it's not like he's some stranger to Miami. I mean, he's well aware. He, he's been exposed uh, to to Coral Gables and, and to the nightlife and, and, and everything. I mean, he knows what he's getting into. So all signs point to Miami. I just want to be clear that like, you know, I don't think this is like a slam dunk. And I know my crystal ball has been a 10 confidence score since September of 2019. And that's because I could never change it. Um, I I think I'll probably lower it maybe to like an eight or something like that. I don't want people thinking like this is a done deal. You know, there are some, some other schools I think involved to a degree in the recruitment Florida state's been tossed out there a few times, which I find a little surprising. Um, But Jake has been to Tallahassee before. And I think Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham um, are good recruiters. So I, we'll see what happens, but you got to like where Miami stands. What are we, 12 days before the early signing period? Right. It's not a slam dunk. I'll say this. Like we know that, you know, Miami's coaching staff has been recruiting Jake this entire time. I think it's also worth pointing out and you touched on it, but pretty much all of Miami's recruiting class has been recruiting Jake Garcia as well. So, you know, there's that familiarity with like, he knows if he was to, if he is going to commit to Miami, he knows the players he's coming in with. And as a quarterback, that's a big deal. You want to come with, come in with big time skill players, um, you know, and big time offensive linemen. And, and this Miami class can offer Jake Garcia that opportunity. You mentioned Florida State. You know, I, I think uh, the, the appeal there, honestly, would be the opportunity to play as a true freshman, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I think. Does he, he like is, get, does he like getting hit? <laughs> right. I mean, everything else uh, does not make sense with Florida State. Uh, but I think there's no doubt that he's better than Chubba Purdy. Um, so, so if Jake Garcia were to go to Florida State, he would start right away. I think you could maybe make that claim about Arkansas, who I guess is also in the mix as yeah. well. Yeah, I wrote that in uh, a late night, uh, what I'm hearing edition. I think Arkansas is in there. But it seems like Florida State's more of the – uh, threat to Miami after talking with West Coast insider Greg Biggins, who does an absolute great job. And he said, you know, I mean, he thinks it's Miami, but he did toss out Florida State. Right. So, you know, it's a decision, you know, that boils down to do you want to go to Florida State, play right away, or do you want to go to Miami, which is on a much better trajectory right now? Like, there's still a ways to go in terms of sustaining success. And Jake Garcia would be part of that. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily a done deal that Jake Garcia would start as a true freshman, it, even if, you know, Derek King uh, decides to go to the NFL. I think Miami should still add a, a senior transfer uh, that could start one year, allow Jake Garcia to develop during a redshirt year, and then Jake Garcia and Tyler Van Dyke would compete for the job. So, you know, I, I think Miami offers a much better situation. But it's just a matter of how patient does Jake Garcia want to be. Yeah, well, you mentioned the better situation. I, I, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday, man. Like Miami has some offensive talent committed. Like yeah. I don't know if I mean I'm sure maybe Alabama. I mean, well, I know Alabama, uh, Georgia. Sure. There's some other the other schools that have some pretty talented uh, skill p- players committed. But look at Miami, man. I mean, you got Romello Brinson, 
Jacoby George, Brashard Smith, Elijah Arroyo, Khalil Brantley. Like that's a good supporting cast. And I, that has to be attractive if you're thinking big picture um, and then t- tie that in with the offensive line. Right. And then last year too, right? So last year they added two big time offensive linemen in Isaiah Walker and Jalen Rivers, along with the running backs, Jalen Knighton and Don Chaney Jr. So the pieces are certainly there. We, we've made this case, right? Like we've yeah. said, Miami's situation should be attractive for a big time quarterback. You know, Jake Garcia knows this. Uh, again, it's just a matter of how patient is he willing to be. I would be surprised if he doesn't end up at Miami, but you know, it's recruiting and it's 2020 and you just never know, I guess. Um, let's take a quick break. Uh, I want to get into what we think of Jake as, as a player and, and explain why this could be pretty big for Miami in, in terms of big picture with the 2021 class. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, David, so um, this morning after I got up, and worked out before I hit record on this. I was looking it up. If Jake Garcia, like right now, let's say he committed, signed with Miami. Um, there was no Miami didn't get anyone else, right? So they saved those right. other other couple counters for transfers. Um, there isn't any major ranking shuffles. You know, someone dropping from like a, a four to a three or anything like that. This would give Miami just Jake alone would give Miami its second best class in ten years. Right. And the other class would be the 2018 class, right? Right, right. Um, which is currently the junior class at Miami. So that's guys like that are currently on the team, guys like Brevin Jordan, Mark Pope, et cetera. Um, you know, we, you and I have talked about this uh, in, in other podcasts, comparing those two classes, uh, this current class, 2021 and 2018. And I had always been reluctant to say the 2021 class was better because it lacked a quarterback. I think if Jake Garcia comes to Miami, this class is better. And, you know, I, I think you can't overlook the high-end talent of this 2021 class if Jake Garcia is in it. You get your, you get your high-end quarterback and you get two five-star players in James Williams and Leonard Taylor. Um, so, I, you know, in recruiting, I, I do believe stars matter. Give me as many top 100 players. Give me as many... Uh, five-star players as possible and that 2018 class did have some star power too don't get me wrong but uh you know Leonard Taylor arguably the best defensive tackle in the country James Williams arguably the best hybrid back seven player in the country and then Jake Garcia you know he is a top 10 quarterback talent in the country that's 
that's hard to overlook when you compare it to the 2018 class. Yeah, you mentioned Brevin Jordan. Um, this would be Miami's highest ranked offensive signee uh, since Brevin Jordan, highest ranked quarterback uh, since 2004, or is it 2003 uh, when Kyle, Kyle Wright? Wright. Yeah. yeah. And, and so he would edge um, Jaron Williams a little bit. Uh, what do you think of Jake as a player? So I've seen him throw one time in a windy day inside Camping World Stadium at the Under Armour Future 50 event. Uh, I guess he, we both saw him throw for warmups at Valdosta High School. We can get in, I guess, a little bit about his path and how he is where he is now. But, I mean, what is your kind of impression, impressions on him? I don't have a good player comparison for him. Me and you were talking about this before we hit re record. Greg Biggins has compared him to Ryan Tannehill uh, on his 24-7 sports uh, player profile. Like, that's that's the comp. And I can kind of see it in terms of release. Uh, I think they throw a similar ball. But you got to remember, and you noted this, like Ryan Tannehill played wide receiver in, in college. I don't think Jake is yeah. that good of an athlete. Yeah, he's not he's not that level of an athlete. I think he's, he's, a, he's a decent athlete at quarterback, though, right? Like, he is good enough to – by time if he needs to it you know slide outside the pocket step up in the pocket he kind of has that feel is he ever going to be like a dual threat guy no um, but in terms of ability I think he just kind of checks all the boxes he, he might not necessarily be elite with arm strength but he certainly doesn't have a weak arm right like it's a good enough arm I think that the things that stand out to me about Jake from watching his high school film, um, his accuracy. He, he does a nice job working the RPO and his anticipation. He, does, he, he sees throws downfield, um, you know, before a lot of high school quarterbacks do. And uh, he, he's not afraid to push the ball downfield, which is what I always want in my high school quarterback. I don't want guys that are always going to be checking the ball down. Um, that's a bad sign to me because that means they're just going to be doing that at the college level. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, is he like, you know, I think earlier in the process, I don't know if that's necessarily the case now, but he was ranked a five-star by some he, services. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's moved down, slid down in the, in the composite. I, I don't think he's necessarily a five-star, but I think he's a top 100 quarterback and those guys are still extremely talented and he's got the tools. And now the work, the, the question is at the college level, how hard are you going to work? Right. Mm, that's, right. that's kind of the question with every quarterback, how hard are you going to work? Yeah. And um, you know, the sky's the limit in that regard to Jake Garcia. Um, and as a, as a Miami fan listening to this, you should be excited because this is exactly what you want in your quarterback room. Right. Tyler Van Dyke is a worker. He's a grinder. You drop Jake Garcia into that room the competition level is going to hit the next level uh, moving forward, which is what you want at the most important position in sports. I mean, my kind of thought process with the quarterbacks is like, you really do not know until they get on campus. Um, so you want to get obviously talented guys because they're probably going to have a chance of being better than others. But I mean, just take what you can get and, and you really don't know until they are in there uh, having to deal with living on a college campus and being a college athlete and reading a college defense and game planning and all that. So I, I absolutely agree, agree with you there. Let's, I mentioned like big picture. Um, I think this is 
huge for Miami. Now, Jake, yeah. like, like we said, isn't committed, but uh, I mean, you see all of the commits on, on Twitter. They've all retweeted Jake. Uh, there is some buzz. And, and to me, this is going to keep that 2021 20, class, those 20 commits together um, two weeks before the early signing period. And heck, that might get some kids out there to be like, all right, like this is what this is what Miami's doing. I agree. I mean, the momentum will hit the next level. Uh, tell me this, like from what you've heard or, or from talking to Greg Biggins, do you think a decision will come soon for, for Jake or will it be closer to early signing? I'm anticipating closer to early signing period. That's just okay. kind of my read. And, you know, I guess we got, we need to mention. So like for those, I think most Miami fans know who Jake Garcia is, but he's, he's a Los Angeles native. Okay. He started his career off at, at Long Beach Poly. Um, as a freshman, played at Harbor City Narbonne, or is it Narbonne? I think it's Narbonne. I'm not really sure. Um, somewhat, some West Coast listener is just going to shred me right now. Uh, spent two years there, was going to play at La Harba um, at, for his senior season, but uh, the California C- CIF decided to postpone fall sports due to COVID-19, so he wanted to have a senior season so important for a quarterback's development to actually get live game reps. So his family moved across the country um, or him and his dad, they enrolled at Valdosta, one of the most winning high school football programs in the nation. That's where me and you saw him. Uh, he wasn't eligible for that game because uh, the GHSA ruled that move. Uh, not, I, I forgot the wording on it, but anyways, now he is, he, withdrew enrolled somewhere else and now he's at Loganville Grayson uh, which is a powerhouse in the Atlanta Metro and they are currently in the middle of the playoffs um, and their playoffs go through uh, New Year's Eve or like the day before New Year's Eve so I was kind of like looking at that to see maybe once his season's over he makes a decision but uh, it doesn't look like in, like he will be playing the week of the early signing of period assuming they they win so I, I guess it basically what I'm saying is I guess it could happen at any point. Right. So, you know, like you, like you mentioned, it, when you have a big time quarterback in your class, that can only help uh, sell your program even more. And who would be the long, you know, quote unquote, long shots that might give Miami a, a stronger look if Jake Garcia is in it, that would be guys like, like Terrence Lewis, uh, five-star linebacker, maybe Mason Smith, five-star defensive tackle. They're chasing Demarius McGee, a four-star corner out of Pensacola, uh, Terry and Arnold, who, you know, seems more and more like a long shot. He's yeah. not in, you know, Miami's not in his top five, but he's not making a decision till February. Um, does this change that with him? You know, who knows, but, and look, it's not going to instantly make these guys want to go to Miami. I'm not saying that, but I think it does help Miami's case, right? Because recruiting is about momentum in a lot of ways, especially in a year where there's no official visits. Um, like this is the, the Twitter feed is pretty much what, you know, a lot of people are seeing day in and, and day out. Um, tell me this, Manny Diaz, just 2020, you know, 2020 has sucked for all of us, but 2020 has been a good year for Manny Diaz, right. In terms of, uh, you know, the changes he's made to the program before the season, how this season has gone, you know, how the recruiting has gone. Are you, 
you know, I know you and I are both have been impressed with what Manny's done up to this point. Does this only solidify that if he's able to close with Jake Garcia? Yeah, got to get to the finish line, but um, for sure. Look look on the Jake Garcia's 247 profile. Look to see who the secondary recruiter is listed as. It's Manny Diaz. Um, you don't oftentimes see college head coaches listed as, as primary or secondaries, but uh, he has been one of the driving forces uh, behind this, this recruitment. I mean, he's been involved from the jump. Uh, I think he at some point realized as if I'm going to be a head coach, like I have to, yeah, you know, take care of business at, like you said, the most important position in football. And he has gotten involved. I mean, when they went out to see, I want to say Keyshawn Smith last cycle, um, they, they stopped by Jake Garcia, or, or I should say Manny Diaz did stop by Jake Garcia's school at the time. So he's been in this the entire time. And for as much flack as people want to give, Manny or, or, or whatnot, like for not recruiting well or, or not try, like, I mean, you got to give him a, some credit for what he's done in this class. And if he's adding, you know, a legitimate blue chip quarterback, like, you know, tip the cap. Right. I mean, you know, the, the perseverance to, to stick with the process uh, when there was a lot of doubt, right. On whether or not they could pull it off. Um, again, got to, got to seal it, got to finish the deal here, but uh you know, Manny's, Manny's kind of doing everything that needs to be done. And again, this is all about getting results. And he's gotten the results so far in 2020. The challenge now is sustaining that success. Uh, getting a guy like Jake Garcia helps that in the future. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, Manny Diaz deserves a lot of credit. Last thing I'm going to say, right? Um, why, why we think, you know, this, this looks like it's certainly trending in Miami's direction. The one thing that I think could maybe alter course um, or, or kind of cause us all the pauses if Rhett Lashley's name was to get tossed around uh, maybe with one of these potential job openings. And I don't know if that's going to yeah. happen, um, but that yeah. is something to definitely monitor, you know, which jobs come open this weekend, which job jobs come open next weekend. Does that cause a chain reaction um, or anything like that? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, again, who knows, like, I don't necessarily think his name has, has been uh, really tossed out there much for big time jobs at this stage. And you and I have talked about like, I, I think the best case scenario, I do think Rhett Lashley is going to be a head coach eventually. I think the best case scenario is somehow putting together another impressive 2020 or another season at Miami at 2021. And if he does that, then he's legitimately going to be a candidate for a lot of power five programs. I think he, he potentially could uh, be a group of five coach this offseason. I'm just not sure that's a smart career move. Honestly, you know, with the transfer portal opening up, uh, I think it's going to be even harder for a group of five programs to, be, to have sustained success because those programs are going to get picked apart in the transfer portal moving forward. So I don't know if I would necessarily sign up for that as a first-time head coach. Um, but yes, you make a good point. Like Rhett Lashley, uh, this is another situation where Miami needs to hold on to their offensive coordinator. Um, you know, it's been tough. Miami kind of struggles with holding on to their big time assistance, which is part of the deal. Um, but, but it is vital that, that Miami finds a way to, to keep him at least one more year. Well, maybe they should get, uh, Rob Likens a little involved in that recruitment. I, I'm, I'm sure he is, but 
uh, just a thought process. All right, David, what do you have on deck? I'm heading to a wedding today. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. Yeah. Up, update on the Mac situation. Still don't have my Mac, okay? And I've had two stories sitting on my desktop for uh, the better part of like two or three months. Savion Collins decommitting and Jake Garcia decommitting. Um, both those stories have broke this <laughs> week and I've not had access to either one. So I've had to rewrite both. Yeah. I mean, you know, you asked me this yesterday and I was like, uh, you know, more Duke buildup and then recruiting never stops. So, you know, uh, last night, Jake Garcia decommits. So again, recruiting never stops. That's hard to predict, uh, but I'm sure we will be all over it. I think it's worth doing some more Jake Garcia spinoff articles here in the next couple of days. So we'll have plenty of content between Duke, uh, the Duke game and Jake Garcia uh, potentially coming to Miami. My, my homework for myself over the next 48 to 72 hours, find a player comparison that I like for Jake All Garcia. Right. So stay tuned for that, guys. All right, guys. Take care.